RadioMD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're talking about what families can do. In the summer, if the parents are vaccinated, maybe the kids aren't. I think this is something that families everywhere are struggling with. There's so many vacation and summer plan questions. What do we do? Can they bring a friend? What if you've got a lake house? Can they bring a friend if the friend's been vaccinated? It's It can be quite confusing, but here to help us with all of that is one of our fan favorites here on Healthy Children. It's Dr. Corey Cross. She's board certified pediatrician at Children's Hospital Los Angeles and of course a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Cross always such a pleasure. So let's talk about that because parents are wondering, we've just had spring break. If the parents are vaccinated, the kids are not. Tell us what you see happening in the summer as various people are and are not vaccinated. Right. So hopefully by the summer, the the goal is to have everybody who is eligible for a vaccine to be able to get one. And so hopefully parents will move on that and will really be fully vaccinated when June and July hit. Whether or not your older teen or your um, child from college is vaccinated might be a little bit of a different story. Some states, 16-year-olds and up, are already eligible. In other states, they're rolling it out more slowly. So your 18 or 20-year-old might not have two vaccinations by uh, by June or July. So it really is state-dependent. But once once you're vaccinated, the important thing to realize is vaccines work. And I know we've been getting a lot of things from the media and it can seem really confusing, but these are really effective vaccines. And we have to realize that what the point of the vaccine is, is to prevent severe COVID infection that leads to hospitalization or death. So you might hear in the news that so-and-so was vaccinated and yet they still got COVID. Usually that's going to mean that they had a mild flu-like illness, a mild cold, but the vaccine is still working. So I want to encourage people to get that vaccine and to really get both of them when they are available to you so that we can move on and get back to normal. So then what are some safe summer vacation ideas for a family that may have some vaccinated, some not? Tell us what you think people should be looking to and will it look a little different than it's looked like in the past? So for children, I mean, we don't anticipate them being vaccinated this summer. 16 and up for the Pfizer vaccine, it may go down to 12. But whether or not that happens by the summer is, uh, I would think, probably not going to happen. So yeah, your children probably will not be vaccinated. If your child is normal, healthy. So we're not talking about kids who have maybe Down syndrome or immunocompromised, you know, anything like that, you want to talk to your pediatrician. So just you know, take my advice, but then speak with your pediatrician, because if your child has diabetes, is obese, has other health problems, you might have to do something a little different. But for the run of the mill family, I would say that depending on the the numbers in your area, outside vacations, I mean, the summer is great for those. You've got, a, like you said, a lake house, lake vacations, beach vacations, canoeing, doing a river float, going camping, going on road trips to national parks. These are all U.S. vacations that some people did last year that are really what we're looking towards this year. 
being outside, being in nature, you don't really run into that many people while you're there. And you know, the virus isn't transmissible as much outside. So these are wonderful things. And our kids need to be going out and doing something after this year. Well, they certainly do. Are there any states that you know of, Dr. Cross, that are like, I had a friend who said Hawaii really doesn't want people coming. Do you know of any places within the states that have any restrictions? So Hawaii, you have to test before you go there. So that might make some people feel more comfortable going because you know that everybody going in is testing and quarantining. But you're right, it does make it a little bit more difficult. And how that'll look in June may be different. Um, I know that uh, California, again, when you travel in, they ask that you quarantine, whereas there's lots of states when you get there, there are no quarantine periods. So that is subject to change. So you might want to think about that as you plan your vacation. But a lot of states, you're able to go in as long as you're you're not um, showing symptoms of being ill. You don't need to quarantine once you get there. Um, and so, like I said, I really think that planning things where you're not in large crowds. This isn't as much as they're opening amusement parks, they're opening water parks. I don't know that I would rush to those kinds of vacations with somebody who is unvaccinated, but doing things like canoeing or road tripping or going on a river float or rafting, like those are things that are a little bit more controlled. Now, the other thing to think about is like, you know, as I mentioned, canoeing or river floating, there's, you know, in the beginning, we were worried about the disease on surfaces. That really isn't something we're concerned about very much anymore. Um, so that's not really a concern. If you want to rent, you know, something to go down a river, I think that that would be fine. At the same time, when you're traveling, you're probably going to bring things that you didn't used to bring, maybe some hand sanitizer, maybe some wipes for things. So you want to be a little bit more careful, maybe, to make sure that we're really just using good hand hygiene, which we should always. What good points you're making. And so now, of course, our kids, and we do these vacations, and sometimes they're weekends, want to bring a friend. And therein lies that murky water right there. So what do we do if kids want to bring a friend? Do we start asking if their parents are vaccinated or if the kid, you know, how does that conversation work? I think that it's safe to say that most children are getting covid from adults in their lives. So if their parents are vaccinated, I think you can feel a little bit safer that the child probably doesn't have COVID, but they are interacting with lots of other adults. So I think there's always a risk involved in every behavior and you just have to weigh that risk and see what your family's comfortable with. When we're talking about COVID, there is of course the possibility that you spread it when you're asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic. But what we really have learned from COVID and I think this is a take home message for all of us is to listen to our bodies and to be respectful when we are sick. So I think that knowing that you're under the weather, knowing that when people say that they feel like they're getting sick, well, they don't actually feel like they're getting sick. They literally are sick. They're just not so sick that they can't do everything, right? So you're already infected with a virus when you feel like you're getting sick. So we have to listen to that and stay home. So I think being honest with another family and say, we'd like to take your child away, but if they seem under the weather, if they're not, if they have stomach aches, not eating well, like they're just off, please let me know because I don't want to take them and have them get sick while we're away. And I think that being respectful in that way, we can feel a little bit more comfortable taking that one or two children with us because I think as long as we keep our groups small and we're conscious of what we're doing, we make good choices. 
I'd like you now, Dr. Cross, to speak to parents who might be hesitant about getting their their child this vaccine when it does open up, as some schools are going to start to require it, like they require the chickenpox vaccine. Some schools around the country, and you have to check with your state, but some schools are going to require it. And for parents that are nervous and say it was a rushed vaccine, which this particular technology has been around a long time, but yet they got their kids all the other vaccines, what do you want them to know? Well, I want them to know that these vaccines are, they, they are they're for a purpose. They're to decrease the risk to the whole community for, for COVID. And we really do need to bring those numbers down if we want life to go back to normal. I think that the rollout for children will probably be slower. We are down to 16 and up. And I think that you know, if you look at the deaths in children from COVID, a lot of the states are reporting, you know, zero to 20 or zero to 19 as children. But, you know, the the deaths are really towards the higher end of that age range. So I think it was important to include that age range in the initial rollout because we want to make sure that we get our 18 or 19 year olds, the kids going away to college we want to make sure that we're getting them vaccinated. I think that we will see as much as Pfizer has been approved or not approved, but it's been found safe by Pfizer for uh, 12 and up. I think you're going to see them take a little bit more time reviewing that. Um, And I think that as we get to the lower age ranges, you might see a little bit more time um, in that. But I think that our government and the vaccine boards, they really want to make sure that everything is safe so that they can say with confidence that these are vaccines that are safe for children. Nobody wants to vaccinate a child with an unsafe vaccine. So I think that we have to realize that that is the goal. The goal is a safe vaccine for children. And when when it does come out, I think that, you know, there'll be some discussions as to what age group it's going to be um, necessary to go to school for. And there might be some differences state to state. But I think that we've had vaccines around for a very long time for a lot of different illnesses, and we know how to make a vaccine safe. So I think that parents can feel that it has been tested and it has been um that the technology is understood. And we've seen these vaccines for adults. And we've seen even just right now with Johnson & Johnson, there are, I think it's six cases, and they're already halting it to, to look at whether or not these blood clots are related to the vaccine. So I think they are going to use an abundance of caution both with adults, but even more so with children. We are so much more careful with children um, because we have to be. I, you know, they have their whole lives ahead of them. So I think that you know people can feel confident that pediatricians and the vaccine boards, they really do want what's best for your kids. I agree with you completely. And I have just a few more questions. Dr. Cross, summer camp is getting ready for signed up. And you've been on my show before where we've talked about summer camps and things to look for. Well, now that these signups are starting and I'm, my kids are even signing up for summer school, do parents wait to sign their kids up for summer camp until they've had the vaccine? What do you want them to know about something along those lines and whether or not they should be going you know, to summer camp? So I'll preface this just so that it's out there. My children will be attending summer camp, sleepaway camp this summer. So that comes from, you know, where, just so you understand where my risk is and uh, where where I come from um, talking about this. I, my feeling is that 
their risk for COVID will be low this summer with the staff um, being vaccinated. I think that um, the risk of depression and anxiety is is a little bit higher. And I worry about that. I worry about obesity and sedentary behavior. And so I, I'm weighing all of those as a mom. And for me, I feel that since they're um, and particularly in sleepaway camp, they're basically a closed unit. I feel comfortable knowing that their staff is vaccinated and the kids will be going there. They'll have to get a negative test before they go. They'll get a negative test when they get there. So I'm comfortable with that. And that's that's like, that's like a decision that we made as a family. I think different families might feel differently. But for me, I feel that you know we really need to let our kids have experiences of childhood in a comfortable and safe environment. And so this is something that I feel is 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 a safe and and a legitimate thing for parents to do. Well, thanks for, you know, telling parents that. And as we wrap up and we see vaccines increasing in the groups, you know, are increasing as far as who who can get the vaccine when vaccine for kids are available and you're a pediatrician, do you expect that we'll be able to go to our pediatrician's office to get it just like anything else? And if it becomes something we need boosters or yearlies, but as our kids get allowed into these groups, do you think it's going to come from pediatricians or will we still be going to a pharmacy or a drive through site or something? I guess I would assume that it's going to come from your pediatrician. Um, the reason for that is I think that people feel comfortable with their personal doctors and they like having those conversations beforehand to get comfortable about giving vaccines. A lot of the times before I give vaccines to to new babies, I am spending time talking to parents, even parents who are completely comfortable with vaccines, they have questions. And so I think when it comes to our kids that parents will have questions and they'll feel more comfortable going to their trusted doctor, the person that they've taken their kids to for years. So I do hope that that's the way that it's available. I do also think that you may be able to get it in your CVSs or your pharmacies because unfortunately a lot of people don't have relationships with doctors and I think they're going to want to roll it out you know, quickly and make sure that they're hitting all the communities. So I hope that it's a combination of both. I think that we've seen with the adult being vaccinated that I think some of the hesitancy comes from going to people they don't know. And if their own doctor were to talk to them about it, we could get more people on board. So I do hope that we've learned from that and seen the value of the relationships that have been established between doctors and patients over years and use that relationship to make people feel comfortable. I agree with you. And I think that that way it also gets, you know, entered into maybe the electronic medical records. And so we can kind of keep better track because the passport situation or the little card they give you, you know, if it's through your pediatrician's office, just like getting a flu shot, it's right there in your medical records so that people can see that this vaccine was gotten. So it's a, it's a thing to still be discovered, but we're learning more every day. And Dr. Cross, you're such a great guest. Do you have any final thoughts for parents about summer vaccinations, their kids, all of these things kind of tie it all together for us. Sure. Uh, the one thing I will say about if you do get your child vaccinated someplace other than your pediatrician's office, this is for any vaccine, 
bring the card, bring the paperwork they give you, and we will enter it into your official record so that if you lose that, that card- That was the point I was making. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. Also for me, I took a snapshot on my phone of my vaccine card because I lose everything. So just you know, for adults out there, you might think about doing that because I'm assuming this piece of paper is going to become important. But to wrap up, I think that kids have had a really tough year. And we know as adults, it's been a tough year, but kids, it's been a tough year. And I think that right now, you know, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. A lot of people just want to, you know, rip off the Band-Aid and get back to normal life. But I think that, you know, we need to be thoughtful in the way that we do that. We need to understand that, you know, there are risks, of course, with COVID for children. It's not, you know, completely risk-free. There are things that can happen to children, but that, you know, there are also things that happen when we, you know, completely isolate them. And we need to make sure that we are letting them be kids and letting them go outside and have fun in safe environments. And I think that we've learned over this last year that there is a way to do that. So planning your vacations for July and August, I think think about ways to really connect, to get outside, to get moving, and, you know, to really just avoid large groups of people. Um, but otherwise, I think that, you know, we should be able to just have some fun because we we kind of deserve it after the last year. Here, here, we certainly do. And thank you so much, Dr. Cross, for coming on and really sharing your incredible expertise with us. You're just such a great guest. And thank you so much again for joining us. And you can listen to these shows on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcast, anywhere they're played. But we want you to listen at RadioMD.com and share this show with your friends and family that may be either hesitant about getting their children the vaccine or taking vacations together and they don't know what they're going to do this summer because Dr. Cross has given us a lot of great information today. I'm Melanie Cole for the American Academy of Pediatrics and Radio MD. Stay well.